Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Midwest Mamas, just some friends finding the good in the world. I'm your host, Alexa. And I'm your other host, Melissa. This music is brought to you by Aaron Moses. Go check him out. We are so excited to bring you the conversation we had with Tanya Sesh, the founder of Multiply. It's actually really interesting that we uh, stumbled upon her because we just interviewed one of her best friends, Shannon Keith, with Sudara. She did some work with Shannon many years ago um, before Sudara became Sudara. She went to Nepal and saw lots of forced labor and human trafficking, and she wanted to make a difference and she wanted to make an impact. So she decided to change her focus of fashion and work in a field to help marginalized women in a developing world. And her company, Multiply, is a sustainable fashion company focused on jewelry and accessories where everything is made in Nepal. And she helps provide dignified labor to people and help people feel valued about being artisans. And her story is just very inspiring and we can't wait for you to listen. And please listen all the way through because Tanya has a very special offer for our listeners. We hope you enjoy. Okay, we are here today with Tanya from Multiply. Hi, Tanya. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> and for our listeners who might not know you, can you give us some background information about you and who you are and a little bit about your company? Sure. So, yes, my name is Tanya Sesh. Um, I am a designer by trade. Um, I've been, at first I was a graphic designer and then I was an art director um, with a focus on fashion um, and have been kind of in that world for the last 20 years. And um, a very kind of quick synopsis on how I started Multiply, which is the company that um, I think you guys are interviewing me about. Yeah. Um, I actually worked with um, my my dearest friend, Shannon Keith, who runs a company called Sudara, um, which works with women um, in that have been rescued out of human trafficking and are have chosen to stay out of the sex trade by being part of um, a dignified, uh, uh, basically, uh, job opportunity. So, I helped Shannon um, when they were first launching that business. Uh, back then, it was International Princess Project, um, now called Sudara. But I, I need, she needed help because she was pregnant with um, her twins. And so I went on her behalf, basically, to kind of help start those centers up, um, just doing some design consultation and just uh, talking with different team members on the ground in yeah. India. Um, and then um, so I went a couple of times with them and just really was exposed to human trafficking and the absolute tragedy and pandemic that it is. And then it was also at that time when I was at one of the centers, um, the second time I went, I met women from Nepal and was just sort of struck by them. And, and they're, um, there's just something about, I don't know, the Nepalese people are really stunning and, um, I was like, what's the deal? Why are there people from other countries in India um, that, you know, that have been rescued out and then learned that they were trafficked in and just sort of sort of started to unravel that story a little bit more and just um, became more and more plugged in with wanting to be part of that. um, Just the social justice of that issue and just trying to immerse myself in it a little bit more, all while still working um, in fashion and design and, um, Basically, in 2010, sort of came to a place where 
Um, I was, t- was just tired of <laughs> working in fashion and particularly, um, the type of work that I was doing was very focused on just, v- it was very consumer focused and it was exhausting. And I sort of got to the point where I felt like, you know what? I don't think I can design another product or design another, you know, email trying to convince people to buy a product that they don't really need. Um, so I just was burnt out on, on, on many aspects of it and had sort of started thinking a little bit like, you know what, I want to figure out what I can do as a designer to, to like play a little bit more in this field of social justice and work that is focused on just providing opportunity for, particularly for marginalized women in the developing world. And so that was like sort of the, you know, not only the time that I spent with, with Sudara in India, but. Um, just sort of this, uh, just this understanding of, of what was happening in the world as well as just trying to understand that this topic of, um, of fast fashion that you're hearing more and more and um, kind of understanding the correlation between um, forced labor and, you know, human trafficking and just all these kind of gnarly things in society, just thinking about it and thinking about my skill set and trying to figure out, well, hey, what can I do to kind of make an impact in the world? Um so, yeah. wow. so, yeah, so 2010, I quit my job and basically went to Southeast Asia for four months and spent time really just listening and learning and talking with different groups that were working with, particularly with women, um, and particularly focused on trade and craft. And I just did a lot of research on raw, on raw materials and asking a lot of questions about things that were working, things that aren't working, things that are sustainable, things that have um, legs to stand on and will continue to to grow and be good solutions um, and good opportunities for for both men and women um, for the long term. Just, wow. I mean, I mean, I was completely uneducated other than the on this on these issues other than the time that I had spent with um, with Sudara and then also just my own you know just the own discovery work that I'd done. So it was a very eye opening time, very heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and so I, I basically spent a month in India, a month in Bangladesh, a month in Nepal, and then, uh, a month in both Cambodia and Thailand. And wow. yeah, it was a, it was a crazy, crazy experience and incredibly heartbreaking, um, eye-opening, learned so, so much. Um, and that was sort of the, the launch pad for Multiply, even though at that time I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so... Yeah, just can you talk a little more about that experience, like, when you were there, just, like, what were you feeling? I mean, was it kind of like you just woke up one day and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go over there for four months? Or what, I mean, were you initially planning to stay that long, or did it just kind of roll out into that time frame? Yeah, no, I knew I was going to stay that long. Um, and I had done quite a bit of, like, legwork prior to, because I knew that I was going to be traveling alone. Um, so I was like, Hey, I'm going to try to align myself with some organizations that I respect to see if I can like either volunteer with them or just sort of like ride along and see what they're doing and ask, you know, just have listen and watch and observe and ask questions as much as I'm able to, um, and just meet a lot of the teams and meet some of the, the, you know, the women and men that were part of these groups. Um, so I did a lot of like work prior to it just to kind of line that up because I knew that I want to just be like, you know, 
just aiming, you know, negligently. I wanted to be using my time wisely. Yeah. And it was a really intense trip. I'm not sure I would recommend anybody doing that. <laughs> I was really naive. Um, and so it was, yes. it was challenging because I, you know, when you're traveling alone, you don't really have anybody to process with. And this was even, although it was 2010, I was not really a Facebook person at that time. And so I didn't have a place. To, I was writing a blog, but I also didn't. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't have like I didn't have a lot of connection to home other than like emails or like random you know phone calls home or or That's something. Tough. So it was, yeah, it was really hard, and I also got really sick, which is super common mm-hmm. uh, when you're traveling in places that you're yeah. you know you're like you know white girl body is like yeah. not happy with the <laughs> with the, yep. with a lot of the things you're putting in your system. So I got incredibly sick, um, and it just sort of became like a downward spiral by the time I came home. So <laughs> it was tough, but it's also, you know, at the same time I look back on that and I think, you know, to, to go through that experience and to not experience suffering is um, sort of naive because, you know, I'm dealing with people all day long when I'm there, when I'm interacting um, that have with them that have suffered like unbelievably and continue right. to. And so to not understand a tiny little bit of suffering is, you know, it's naive to not, to not yeah. to think that you can be, you know, somehow sheltered from that experience. So um, thankfully, all you know, it all worked out. And I was, you know, I took a few months to heal up, but um, it all worked out. And I was able to, you know, return and keep returning and, you know, be fully immersed in the experience as a result. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's so- great. I, mean, I love being over there. I love I mean, the people that I met were remarkable. They're, to this day, they're some of the most phenomenal humans I've ever met. And mm-hmm. um I don't know if you've ever spent time over there, but it's a very community centric um, society, particularly, I mean, Nepal is part of the reason that I, part of the reason I went back to Nepal is because it's very relationship focused. It's very okay. community centric. Um, so I just felt like they're lovely humans. They're, they're joyful people in spite of the, the length of things that they've been through. It's, it's like they're really welcoming. I mean, they start everything with like, let's have tea, let's talk, tell me about your family. So they genuinely want to know about your life. It's, it's so different than I would say, you know, a lot of times business here is sort of like get get in there, get your business done, sign the contract, move on. You know, it's so different. Yep. So, yeah, I did enjoy it. Yeah. And so what is kind of um, just the mission of Multiply? So you did that for four months and then you came back and you said that kind of moved you into Multiply. So what would you say is the mission? Like if someone hasn't heard of it or they're not familiar, what, like, do you have a mission statement or like, what do you strongly believe like for your company? Yes, absolutely. So Multiply is a definitely a a fashion, uh, it's a sustainable fashion company, I would say. Um, We're focused on accessories. So we do uh, jewelry bags and then we also have these um, felted animals that we sell. And as well as some other little gifting items, but it's predominantly, I would say, yeah, it's a fashion accessories brand. And, um, our, we, everything is made in Nepal. We only partner with, um, artisan groups and we vet them carefully to make sure that they are people first. Um, yeah. most of them are fair trade certified. They're all fair wage, um, providers. And, um, I would say 80% of them are women. And 20% of them are men. We have shifted our focus not just to be women, but to also employ men. So it's sort of a village-based uh, approach okay. because that's the way Nepal is. Um, and there's also, besides women being at risk of being trafficked, there's men are actually being trafficked quite a bit into um, the Middle East where they're part of these, like, labor scams. It's super sad. Um, 
So, yeah, so it's like a whole other thing. So it's really important to employ both men and women, not just women, um, because there there really is very little opportunity for both. Um, yeah. Unless you're educated and have a ton of money and can start a business or, you know, you're you're somehow able to to set yourself apart. It's hard. There are it's not there are not a lot of jobs um, in Nepal, particularly in the villages, which is where most of the Nepalis live. Um, and so Kathmandu is sort of teeming with people and people that, that need work. Um, so that's part of what we are, you know, one component of multiply is to provide dignified labor. The other thing is to uplift, not just the art, but the artisan, um, by nature of Nepal, while the caste system is essentially outlawed, it's still kind of a living, breathing entity. And so people are classified. It's really sad, um, they're basically what you do in the world sort of classifies your value. And unfortunately, artisans and makers are really low on the rung, unlike here where artisans and makers are, are valued and elevated right. and cool and tip, you know, all that makers. Yeah. Marketing. So um, it's really sad because we value the artists, right? And we value what they're producing. Right. We value the fact that they're adding to, history by what they produce. I mean, you look around and you see, you know, the ar- architectural buildings, paintings, all those things that last for centuries. Those are the things that tell the, tell the history of a culture, right? Which is a huge thing in Nepal. Like there, it's a, a very ancient culture and you look around and the temples are all wood carved and there's brass, you know, the, all the brass for the, you know, for the statuaries and all those things are historical. It's like historical preservation, right? And those are all made by artisans and the artisans are not revered or they're not even elevated in society. So that's part of what we're trying to do too, is to just make them understand, you know, you guys are super valuable. The craft that you do is phenomenal. Like nobody else can do what you're doing. Um, and so we're partnering with other organizations in Nepal that believe that as, as well. So it's not just like, oh yeah, they're artisans and they're doing handicraft, handicraft. No, it's like they're doing work right. that's beautiful and, and valued. So, and it's cool to see the change. Like we see that change happening in Nepal. Like every year we go back and there's like so, so many cool things happening and there's so, so much creative energy. Um, like the young people are coming back to Nepal and they're starting businesses and they're like working with artisans and, um, they're working with like Nepal, Nepali made brands. And so it's really exciting, like stuff that wasn't happening into that yeah. happening now. So there, it's cool to see traction in that way. And the value placed on artisans is awesome. That so, is really cool. So yeah, so we have like our, I mean, the name multiply basically is like, listen, there are multiple people. It's a collaboration. There are multiple people touching our product. There's multiple lives that are being touched. Um, and we have, it's kind of built on this idea of giving, like it takes two to give, right? You need a giver and you need a receiver. And it's, it's by nature of giving. Um, it feels good to give. It feels good to receive. Yeah. So that's kind of like, we, you know, we call it the, the multiply effect. You know, we also use the little equation, fashion times fairness equals opportunity because we're creating opportunity. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So what is your role in the company today? Um, well, I'm the founder and I'm also, <laughs> I kind of wear all the hats, guys. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm then the designer, um, and also, you know, doing kind of fielding all the ops. We do, I do have a couple of employees that are helping me with sort of the day to day thing. We have a shop here in Portland, Maine. And so we have somebody that manages the shop and um, somebody that sort of helps with all the, the inventory issues and the ops of getting product out. Um, but I'm doing most of the, like the designing and the heavy hitting with the, um, just making, you know, day-to-day decisions and working with the teams overseas. So it's a lot. It's definitely something that I would like to change. <laughs> yeah. But, 
you're a small business and you're running, um, it's not, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, you know, you can only, you want to spend what you have in the bank, not kind of go beyond. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, the, the plan is certainly to bring people on to help, but thankfully I have, um, people that pinch hit and help out in ways that are really valuable that I don't have that skill set. They're like, Oh, I can help. So yeah, yeah. that's nice. And so being the founder, I mean, that's a huge undertaking. I can't even imagine. What were some of your, just the first steps you had to do to get the company up and running? Um, well, at the time, I actually had a friend that was a co-founder. Um, so she is, she stepped oh, okay. away from the company. Yeah, she stepped away from the company in like, two, I think it was 2014. Um, it was, yeah, it was a, a mutual agreement because she just had come to a place where she was um, deciding to invest in other in, uh, other. Yeah that she yeah. had so I was like well I still believe in it and I'm going to keep it going so right. um but when we started I mean there were so many things that we had to you know there's so many things that we're, we were both creative so we were like hmm, what do we do you know so there was a lot of business things just you know making sure that you have the right um permits and the right you know bank accounts and all those things that that you just want to be you know and, and thankfully there's there's a lot of organizations that will help out with small businesses to set you up in the right way to give you guidelines of like hey these are the things that you need these are the resale permits these are the this these are the that but we ran it really lean like we both work from home we both okay. um yeah we like we kept all of our product like stored um, in like a spare, a spare room. And I mean, initially we didn't have, we didn't have a, we didn't have a studio space. We didn't have a shop. We didn't have any of that stuff. So it was all really, really lean because it's sort of an experiment. Like you don't know if it's going to work. And I mean, you you want it to work, but you don't know. And so, you know, you, but we both plunked down a bunch of cash to make it happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, thankfully because we're both creative, like we, we could create a product, we could photograph the product, we could get it up on a website. Um, we could do all that stuff, but then, you know, there's, there's the aspect of selling and marketing and right. all those things, which we still are figuring out. Um, yeah. but it was a lot different than it is now. Um, but super grateful for her for just the skill sets that she had and the things that she was able to do that I, you know, I look back on and I'm like, wow, I, I didn't know how to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So looking at your website, you have like your company offers so many cool accessories and just, I feel like something for anyone and everyone. Yeah, totally. Um, lots of different styles. What would you say um, are some of like your best sellers? Um, <clears throat> that's a great question. I think uh, it's probably There's time. so many choices. <laughs> I know. It's kind of funny. It's a little overwhelming at times when I'm like, because I'm we're actually in the process of launching spring summer, which should launch in the next couple of days, and okay. then we're also yeah. revamping our website, which probably will probably um, sh- go live. I'm thinking end of May, but okay. um, anyway, so yeah, stay tuned. But um, it's crazy because in that process, it's like I'm updating all of my images and it's like, wow, there's so many SKUs now. Whereas before we had like 12 product offerings and now we have like over 100 SKUs. Yeah. Um, I would say it's probably a, um, an even split between the jewelry and those crazy little felted animals. They yeah, are, those are so total, cute. Yeah, they're so cute and they're a total impulse buy. So people buy them because they remind them of their, you know, Fido growing up or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it, the jewelry is, is probably my soft spot. Like I just love, I love designing it. I love yeah. working, like I, I love seeing it come to life. I love the team I work with that creates the pieces. Um, and it's just, it's a really beautiful modern collection. And I do feel like there's like really crazy pieces and then there's really simple pieces. So yeah, there is kind of something yeah. for everybody. And you yeah. also have a lot of handbags too. 
We do. We have um, felt and we do hand felted wool and leather and then some just leather pieces. And yeah, those pieces are beautiful and they are definitely small batch. The leather situation in Nepal is challenging. So we have found um, that we want, we want to do like veg tanned, like as eco as possible. Um, And so we're actually working with a a team that we found in India so that we can get consistent hides and consistent finishes and all that stuff. But it's definitely. So do you have a favorite piece or something that you wear frequently? Yes. Um, I wear every day, I wear the new moon cuff, which is a cuff ring, which is like a, a wide ring with um, the little holes in it. It's, I wear it every day. And then I usually wear like just the everyday earrings are like the twig or the um, branch earrings in either brass or oxidized finish. Okay. Um, and then the other piece that I usually wear is the earth and sky pendant necklace. I just love it. I love the juxtaposition of like dark and light and the different mishmash of metals. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I noticed too. Just, yeah, the different mixes of the metals. And I just feel like they're all like unique, you know, like that you wouldn't just find those kinds like, you know, at Target or (laughs) other places. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some of it, we have to be trend relevant, right? Like we don't want to be making pieces that people aren't going to buy because that, that doesn't, that doesn't behoove anybody. Right. Um, Right. Oh, yeah style is much more modern and so that was actually part of one of the things when I started the business I was like I want to make modern pieces like fair trade is awesome but it definitely has kind of uh like when people think fair trade they think like beads and tie-dye yeah. and like mm-hmm. textiles you know which is fine and great and there's something for everybody but it's not my personal style so I'm I'm not real like this the kind of the companies that I was finding out there that were fair trade I wasn't really interested in buying their products because it's just not my style right mm-hmm. right hey I want to design stuff that's modern um and that I know like other people that are that have more of like a contemporary style are going to want that stuff too so that it's always been part of the um that's always been like a core part of the aesthetic it's just that we're creating modern pieces um that we'll wear you know today in two years and in 20 years like because we also you know want to want to be sustainable and we don't want people just to like throw stuff away we want it to be a piece that they'll wear timelessly so yes which what we see on the website i would wear all the time yeah all the time (laughs) (laughs) um i know you probably have a lot of moments to share but what do you think would be like one of your most proudest moments of the company or with the company um i think there's this last we just got back from nepal um on last Thursday. So there was this last trip was really powerful. And I brought a friend of mine who's a phenomenal photographer to take pictures of my teens and my processes because I have a lot of beautiful like model photography from here. But um, I don't I didn't have a lot of process shots. And I was like, that needs to change because I really want to tell that story. I want that I want the artisans to be front and center. So that's yeah. what we're changing. Um, so there were some really cool stories, actually, that happened this last time. Um, one of them was we went up to um, the edge of the Kathmandu Valley and one of our teams, um, he, the guy that runs the team, he, he's really cool. He's like really smiley and just like, mm-hmm. just has such a passion for what he's doing and like came from nothing and is, has completely transformed the lives of so many, most, I would say mostly women. I think 90% of his team is women. Um, and it's, they do predominantly um, felt and knitting. And so he's like, hey, we just opened up this new, um, they call them factories, but I hate that word factory because it connotates like grind. And these are just not that. They're like the opposite. Yeah. Of that. 
So he's like, I want to take you guys up there. It's so pretty. We're so proud of it. And the women love it. And so we like, oh my gosh, crazy. Cause we thought it would take us like 30 minutes to get up there in like in classic Nepali style. It's like, there's a road jam and there's something and there's roadblocks. So we have to go all the way back down and all the way around. So it's like an hour and a half later we get there. Um, and it's like super crazy bumpy roads and it's raining and, and you know, all these things, but so we get there and, um, these ladies are just like, they're so inviting and they, they want to, they like want to show us everything that they're working on and they're happy and they're like singing. And so for me, it's like, you know, being on the other side of the world, I don't get that much time with the teams and I treasure when I get to be there. And so to see this fact, the fact that a, they're growing so much that they have to open up another um, factory and the fact that these ladies are just really thriving and just meeting that there's two women that sort of run the show up there and they're awesome. Um, and they're super, they're super psyched to be like, you know, quote unquote, the boss ladies, you know, but yeah. it's <laughs> such camaraderie there. And they, and then, so the guy that we, that we work with, his name is Robin. He was saying, he's like, you know, the most important thing is that they're happy and look around. These ladies are happy, you know, and it's like, we, we know the work that, you know, we know that what we're doing is hard. And it's like a lot of times it's like, you know, pushing a rock up a hill, but like, we know that what we're doing is good because they're happy. And that's the measure of all of our, you know, like success is to, to be like, these ladies are thriving. They're happy and they're smiling. It's like a big deal because like Nepali people are smiley. Um, and so yeah. like they're not smiling, you know, there's a problem. <laughs> so yeah. it's, really rewarding and then at the very end we like you know took out we, we wanted to take everybody's picture because it's like they it's nobody spends time like taking somebody's picture because they don't feel like they're you know they're like whatever we're just these ladies that are doing these right things. but we wanted to spend time with that and they just love that like they loved feeling beautiful and we told them you're so pretty you know because they are they're beautiful people yeah and everybody was like it was just a really really awesome afternoon like super powerful and then at the very end, we all took a big picture together. And it was just crazy to, like, look across and be like, this is this is real. Like, this is yeah. impactful. And sometimes you don't get that metric when you're, you know, grinding away behind your computer or you're counting right. or whatever you're doing, you know, try to sell things here. Um, so that was really, really cool. And then he said, you know, they all say that they're happiest when they know they have work. And so it's like oh. the fact that you're continuing your work here is like very, they make, it makes them like really happy and buoyant. So that was a really cool move, moment. Then yeah. another moment, um, we were with another one of our teams and they, and I remember in 2015, we went right after the earthquake. Um, there was a huge earthquake in Nepal in April that killed a lot of, lot of people, like just ravaged the country, incredibly damaging. So they're still kind of climbing out of that. I would say most of the, there's a lot of rebuilding that's been done and, you know, most people's lives are back to normal, but a lot of people lost somebody close to them. So we went like a few weeks after the earthquake and it was, um, it was tough, but at the same time it was, it was important. And I remember, um, there was, we went, you know, to visit one of our teams and just to kind of talk because, you know, they really wanted to get back to, to, to whatever normal they could get back to. So yeah back to work it made them feel better you know to be creating something or just to be away from you know the kind of the brokenness and there was this one lady in the corner that was working on these little hearts that we were having them make um and so we were just kind of talking to her you could tell she was sad um and we were talking to her a little bit through a translator and she's like yeah you know through through this earthquake my heart is broken but making these little hearts is helping to heal and I just was very simple you know but it was really sweet too to be like wow like i i'm just having people make a product but like it's not just people it's like people that that need 
the distraction. They need work. They yeah. need to know that they're part of a bigger story, you know, that their lives matter in this way and that their contribution is really important, you know. Yeah. And that's a big part of it, too. I feel like art is art is a very by nature is a very healing craft because you're you're making something that you're giving to the world that only you can give. Yeah. And that people artisans, particularly, you know, regardless of where you feel like your place is in the world, that you feel like you're con- contributing something that's 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 purposeful. Right. And I think artisans feel that, um, particularly if you validate with that with them. Anyway, so that woman, we uh, saw her again on this trip and photographed her a bunch. And she's like so happy and vibrant now. So it's it's neat to see the healing that's happened in the last you know few years of her yeah. continuing having a job and like rebuilding her life and. And just remembering that, like, kind of the, that woman before and after, it's pretty special. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing. Yeah. And thank you for sharing just about all this. I mean, I feel like I'm learning so much oh, more. Yeah. And, like, we follow you guys, you know, on Instagram. But, like, I just like hearing kind of the backstories and just hearing, like, personal experiences, I think, you know, and, like, what you just shared, like, how it brings hope to actual people. Like, you know, yeah. I think so many times you do purchase products and you don't really think, like, who created it, you know, but like hearing these things, like it makes us want to just tell more people about it to support your company because in reality, like it's supporting these people across the world, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing all that. Happy to. So what, just to kind of wrap it up, what's something, because you're obviously very busy, what's something um, you just do to take care of yourself in the busyness of the week? What's something you kind of do to relax? Um, okay. I love that question. Um, so I've adopted this thing called slow mornings, um, where I try to get up not crazy early, but like, I don't know, I'm usually out of bed by like six thirty. but I really try to have a morning where I can just drink a cup of coffee, read something and not like, like blast out of the house to be anywhere by eight o'clock. Like I'm usually at the studio between eight thirty and nine, um, to give myself that time, that time to breathe in the morning. And I kind of cherish that. Yeah. Uh, and I know that's, you know, we don't, we don't have small kids. So it's like, I know we're lucky in that way, but um we, yeah. So just having that time. And then also I really try, especially because living in Maine, there is a lot of snow and a lot of cold. So the winter <laughs> are sort of brutal. So it's hard yeah. to uh-huh. like, go for a walk or exercise or whatever, because it's, you know, treacherous and icy. So um I try to go out and do yoga um a couple times a week, two to three times a week, just to stretch out my body and just be grateful for the body that I have. So those are, I would say those are two things. Um, and probably a third one is just my community. Like I really value my community and my friends. And so just having, you know, getting together with girlfriends a couple nights a week and like having a glass of wine or having a good dinner together and yeah. just like, catching up is really life giving. Yes. Cheers to that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Tanya, so much for um, sharing your story with us and, Um, giving us a little bit more information about your amazing company and we hope everyone checks it out because I know that I want to order things right now. (laughs) And I'll share with my husband ideas for Mother's Day. (laughs) Well, stay tuned because we're definitely going to be doing some little uh, deals for Mother's Day. So Um, yeah, for sure. Thanks ladies. It means a lot. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. We are so glad to have had the opportunity to share Tanya's story about her company, Multiply, with all of you. It's amazing how someone can change their outlook on life and start a company up to help those in need, to help those who are at high risk 
or survivors of sex trafficking. If you would like to follow more about Multiply, you can follow them at multiply.com, and that's M-U-L-X-I-P-L-Y.com, and they're also on social media as well. We also have an amazing offer to give our listeners. So Tanya has so graciously given us a discount for 20% off a total of $50 or more. We know that Mother's Day is right around the corner, birthday parties, celebrations, and now is the time to give and feel good about it. So if you would like 20% off your purchase, please use the code MWM20OFF. That's MWM, like Midwest Mamas, 20 off, and you can get 20% off your purchase of $50 or more. And this code is good for the entire year of 2019. So use this at any point in the year and you can get 20% off. And we are so glad to have Tanya on our show and thank you all for listening and being loyal listeners. We hope you have a wonderful week. Take care and subscribe below.